everybody. I'm Dale Sparaghi, love and relationship coach and host of this podcast, New Wave Relationships, about all things relationships, relationship to self, others more than other, couples, singles, breakups, and dating. What's new in relationships and how relationships are changing and evolving especially post-COVID, post-digital, post-Me Too, and sadly to say, post-No Roe versus Wade. So we're talking about finding love and losing love, creating lasting love and lifestyle. I'm thinking of this as a forum for relationships. So please, if you have any burning questions, send them in. Or here's something novel. If you'd like some coaching, if you're struggling with something in your relationship and you'd be willing to do the session here so others can benefit, please email me at dale at creativecorecoaching.com. Hello, everybody. This is your co-host and producer, Sunny Hibbets. Don't forget that we post our episodes bi-monthly on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. For updates on the show, please consider following us on Instagram and Facebook at New Wave Relationships Podcast. Today on the New Wave Relationships Podcast, we will be recording a live coaching session with Dale and myself. In this session, Dale will be coaching me in Calling in the One, Step One, Preparing for Love. Calling in the One is a book and seven-step program created by New York Times best-selling author and therapist Catherine Woodward Thomas. Here, I will open up about my personal experience with my relationship to myself and others in my life. We will be going through the other steps together in future episodes. We also extend an invitation to anyone who would like to join us for a free coaching session live on our show. Stick around for more details at the end, and welcome to New Wave Relationships. Hi, how are you? I'm all right, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing well. Nice. Yeah. So um, we are doing step one of calling in the one together today. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. Honestly, it's like nerve wracking, but also like quite exciting. It is exciting. It's and fun it- and deep. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not unfamiliar either. We've done it in the past before a little mm-hmm. bit, um, kind of on and off for a while now. Like I, when I've had relationship troubles, I'll just kind of be like, oh my gosh, Dale, can I like, meet with you and can we just talk? And then, you know, Dale meet up with me and stuff and help me out. So now we're actually trying to really focus on it because we want to do sessions on the show. Um, so we thought we would do me because of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And before we start, I just want to give my amazing beloved teacher, Catherine Woodward Thomas, um, the creator of the book Calling in the One. And this is a new edition that she just rewrote. And the program, the seven-step program. So um, we really can't do this without her um, brilliant work, really. It is brilliant. So I just want to give her that credit 
before we start. And we are doing today step one, which is called preparing for love. And um, one of the things I love about this work and this program is um, when Catherine wrote this book years ago, it was one of the first to actually combine metaphysics with love and romance. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She brought these two together in this really powerful way from her own experience of of creating this intention with a friend of hers when she said, I want to be married by my 40th birthday. And her friend said to her, well, that's beautiful, Catherine. I'm holding this intention for you, but who do you need to be to actually have manifest this? And that's kind of how this whole program started. Like, what did she have to let go of, embrace? What changes did she have to make? Who did she have to be and become to actually have? And, and it worked. She did find her husband by her 40th birthday. She was pregnant within the first year or two. So all of what she intended came true. That's wild. It is. It is. It's really inspiring. Yeah, and it's it's interesting how um, like intentionality can be so intense like that. Like you put something out in the universe, quote unquote, and like it can happen like that, you know. Because um, I, you know, I'm very interested in like metaphysics and magic and spirituality and stuff. And but I'm also at the same time kind of a a Taoist, where I I kind of have this double perspective where I think like, yeah, we can kind of bend our will as it were. We can kind of change our, our fate in a good way. And that also can be aligned with our life intention. And therefore it's not changing it. You know what I mean? Where it's like, there's nothing you have to do. There's nothing you have to be to, um, you know, like have your life be the way it should be in a way too. I don't know if any of that made sense, but, um, you know, it's just so intentionality and manifesting is just such a trip, you know, it's like a, a very much a polarization of itself. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when the secret came out, that was a big thing, um, you know, how to manifest in the in the world, how to create um, what we want in our lives. But I think that this calling in the one work goes really deeper because it's it's about it's really about who like your true self, like your true compass, like who yeah. you really are. and your and who you really are, not attached to your past and old patterns, but it's really about your future self. Yeah, that that makes more sense to me when you when you say it like that, because I feel like I'm me, right? But. I do feel like I, I can kind of see myself when I, when I see myself with partner, I, I don't necessarily see myself with the really, um, you know, whole relationship with, with how I am now in a way. So, and that might be what we talk about. <laughs> that is what we're going to talk about. And it, and it really, it's kind of like working from the future backwards. So it's about having this vision 
And I know when I did this program, and I did this program actually several times, I went through these steps, not just once, but two, three times. And what happened with me was I just got clearer and clearer about what I needed and what I wanted. Because when I first started, it was very murky. I really didn't know. But this, but this program will help you get clear about what it is you really need and want in in love so that's another um you know beautiful part of this so yeah so let's dive in prepare to preparing for love i'm just going to ask you you know kind of like some opening questions i know you read the step so part of what we do in this program is you read the step and then you come here and we work together so what opened up for you what resonated with you? What kind of drew you in as you were reading the stuff? I would love to hear. Um, well, just just kind of looking at the um, the content of what we're talking about, I mainly feel like referencing to more of my life um, and where I've been at. So. Um, like I have had like kind of a a rocky and also like a grounded rocky dating path where like I um I've dated a fair amount of people and in those experiences I've been very um like just as much grounded I've been I've also been like really chaotic and this kind of chaotic awareness of like what's going on like I feel like I always have this unconscious awareness of what is happening for me and my partner but I can't really sit with it um like it's not working and I can see that and I stay or um you know I can see that they're they're not meeting a need of mine and, um, you know, I have pity on them or something, or I give them the benefit of the doubt a lot, or I notice myself walking on eggshells, like all these just like incongruencies I'm aware of, and I can't really ground with it in any way. And usually when I do ground with it, like I'm like, oh, I see there's incongruency here. This person's not meeting my need. They're not being good to me. You know, they're not treating me good. They're not treating me kindly. Or if the, it's not bad, it's like generally like a a neutrality um, or a kind of good. You know, if it's anywhere in those areas, like when I come to a space where I ground with it, it generally becomes like, oh, it's a no and I got to go and I have to, I find myself breaking up with them. Mm. And so that's just like a, a constant disappointment is that like, I feel like either like I'm an unsatiated person, which seems kind of silly. Um, or like my, right. So like my needs are too high or that, um, you know, like that I can't see, I can't see clearly, like I can't pick out the people that would actually be good for me. And yet I see kind of the dynamics happening the whole time and I can't, ground to the power soon enough to leave them and then I always end up like I can it's almost like I can sense that it's never going to work 
Okay, so this is great. So looking at, at this pattern, see if you can get even more specific and you're being, and this is great what you're saying. So you get involved with people and your feeling is that you're too much for them or they're not enough for you to be able to meet you. Yeah. Is that is that correct? Is that correct? Yeah, it's definitely both of those things. Like, um, it'll be I, I need too much from them, um, like on an emotional level, or really any of the the needs, like the social needs, the physical needs, um, the emotional and you know the the basic needs all those like either yeah they're not um meeting those needs for me or like it's usually I, I don't find it as much that I can't meet those needs for them but if I can meet those needs for them it's not that I I don't I don't want to but the incongruency never makes it where that's equally happening, right? So then I don't want to for some people. Not like I ever, this is getting confusing, but um, it's not like I don't, like there's people that I definitely want to and like I do if it feels right, but it never feels right. There's never a full congruency of another. So also what I'm hearing is that it's not mutual. There's not a mutuality happening. So could you give me, a real specific example, like with someone, like what happened, you know, actually what happened. So think of like you're replaying a movie, like this happened and then we went there and then he said that and I, or she said that. So can you do that? Like give, give a really specific example. You know, it's so funny. I can think of one in both directions, actually, off the top of my head. So my, my first partner, that I really fell in love with and had many firsts with. Um, they were just like the most, they have still like been like one of the most kind people I've ever dated. And they had all these great things about them. They were emotionally pretty congruent, like very like grounded. And I was super young and I would just have, I mean, I wasn't super young. I probably dated this person between like, 16 and 20, 17, 20, something like that. Um, so my first love, right? Um, when I dated them, I had constant like chronic anxiety attacks with attachment-based triggers um, of making them upset. And it was really debilitating. And that's like part of why I went to therapy. And um, this person was just utterly utterly um patient with me and it meant so much to me and they were so grounding and caring like that so um, what do you mean by I, I sorry to interrupt you what do you mean by make them upset oh yeah so i was really scared of making them um like scared like scaring them away scaring them away um, with having a trigger in the first place and then making them upset is like, you know, um, also, you know, the fear that I could like 
make them explode, um, make them angry, make them yelly, even though they've never shown things like that before, you know, um, and I have stuff like that in my life, right. That goes that, but, um, so I'm hearing something that's really important, I think, to name here, that this fear that you have of really being fully yourself um, has to do with you being, what, rejected, um, yelled at, made wrong, even is maybe, like, all that used, like, really, like, some um severe punishment or just for being you so 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 this is part of the pattern is the this inability to really be yourself in a relationship because of this deep fear of being wrong and rejected oh yeah it makes me laugh how well you said that I'm sorry that's the emotion that's coming up is laughter because it's like it's like oh my god yeah like I um it's so funny because that's so true um I am seen to be like the most myself in a lot of my group sometimes which is like really interesting because I feel like everybody's being their self I think I just kind of stand out. So it's just kind of funny because I find myself to be like super authentic, but I get caught in this inauthenticity dance because of being super authentic. In so let's let's zoom back a little bit. So like you know I was raised in performing and you know like I was on the stage a lot and that was where I was as a kid. And so my external validation became like the experience of, you know, where I was praised the most from, from like everyone around me. There's no specific people in that, right? It's, it was literally like I was performing from about six or seven years old until college. And at the same time, like quite depressed. Um, And so that feels strangely like a very inauthentic way of living for me because I was just always being these, these characters. Um, And I'm very attached to that, that part of my life because it was such a weird way to live of this just duality of like, I have such an art form in my paintings and like all these things that I do and how I feel, but I'm on stage, like being seen as this kind of object um, and kind Mm. of profit thing. Right. So when it comes to being me in a relationship, it, it almost feels like a very vulnerable thing to do where like I am myself because that's where I feel like comfortable. I feel comfortable in my, my artist self, but I also was very much like, I was praised to be something I really wasn't. Well, and here's the, here's the other thing to name is that, you know, acting, you're, you're trying on different identities. Mm -hmm. So there is, you know, some confusion, maybe what is the authentic self? What I know about you today and what you've done you know, within the last several years in college and and your community and 
what you're doing with your, um, you know, your, your work and your studying is that you really have come into your own and you have come into yourself. So what you're saying is this isn't or hasn't happened in your romantic relationships. It's happened in other areas of your life. So this is a place to look like who you're being in these other areas of your life where you are confident, where you're grounded, where you're a leader in your community, yeah. you're very clear about who you are. Those areas are where to look and see what's not happening in your romantic relationships. Yeah. Right? But so when we're looking at the ways of being and ways of relating, who you are in these other areas of your life is, is kind of revealing who you are. So can you be more of that person in your romantic relationships? And what's keeping you, what's keeping you from being that person in your romantic relationships? Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting with that because I'm trying to really feel into that question and think of it so I can really nail it on the head because I see exactly what you're saying. Um, I find that my authentic self is generally like a someone who's like um, grounded for their friends and like pretty articulate in like what I'm feeling and like what I'm thinking um somebody who tries to um like always be there for somebody and be like empathic and really be understanding to people who've like wronged me or um you know apologize for when I've wronged somebody else like my morality feels like very important to me mm -hmm. um and also like by being like by doing my art form my life you know wanting to be around people who I encourage that for or them encouraging me to do more of that so that's who I feel like I really am when I'm in a good space but right when I'm not in a good space where is where I've been lately it's just kind of this whirlpool of um you know trying to just like you know like I've been kind of ignoring a lot of my feelings because it's been like so heavy to not be myself as much lately you know so so you're showing up the way you're showing up in your romantic relationships is not being authentically you Sadly, right now, that's the case, yeah. Which makes sense why you are not finding an authentic relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and I, I feel like a big reason, too, if you keep, I'm, having a, I'm having a thought. It's kind of like, here it is. Um, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to say woe is me here, but, ugh, woe is me. It is. <laughs> hard so what's hard about it this is important let's unpack what's hard about it it's it feels really hard to be myself when 
I feel like myself is kind of like, and maybe we're going in a circle here, so I'm trying to modernize it, but I find that socially a lot of the time um, with certain people, like I'm not always accepted. And that's been my thing since I was a kid. Like when I was young, I would, I got like chronically kicked out of friend groups. <laughs> it's really funny now, but um, well, even in, you know, as an adult, that happens to me too very much. So, um, and so just like, it would be for like the weirdest, smallest thing. And so there's this story of like, I'm the weird one and I'm a loner. And um, it's just like crazy because I have people in my life who let's be like, I'm gonna be straight up like my religion of paganism and my queer gender and my, um, you know, bi pansexuality, you know, bisexuality um, mm -hmm. that has not been fully accepted in everywhere in my life. So you know, it kind of, and that goes into these other levels where like, I want to like in the world, I want to be a practitioner and that's where my role is in the world. I think. Yeah. So this is where you find your, your confidence and your authenticity, but for some reason in your romantic relationships, the stakes are higher. Yeah. So there's something that you're 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 willing to risk those stakes to be yourself with in other areas of your life. But in romance, you know, which which to normalize this, this is very normal because <laughs> we feel like, you know, that that vulnerability and that tenderness that we experience in romance, it makes the stakes higher. It does. It just does. But it's interesting to become conscious of who we become in the face of those high stakes and why, you know, and this is part of the, the, um, the reason for some of these relationships that didn't work out because you're not willing to risk the, the relationship not being, you know, not going away, going away in order to be you. I just hate being alone. <laughs> so you hate being alone. So to the point where the, where you're willing to pay the price of giving up yourself. And again, we're not, you know, this is not a shaming, blaming. This is naming and becoming conscious of, of really conscious of what you're doing. Yeah. And, and really conscious of the pattern. Yeah. I, I mean, I have been like, it's, it's actually really crazy to me and I, it might not be that crazy, but I've probably been a, and I'm, I can't say serial monogamous or polyamorous because I've been both of those in my life, but I've been a serial dater since like sixth, seventh grade. And mm -hmm. I've graduated from college now. And I've only had, you know, you can ask any of my greatest friends, like I've only had like really short amounts of time where I'm not seeing a person. And I think that's a really like big flag in this. That's a red flag in the red flags of people. Um, it's the red flag because it's like, I have had parts of my life where I've been able to practice being with myself 
and letting that be the the grassroots to the creations but now I'm I'm graduated from college and I'm at this new state where I'm like oh god I'm not in the city anymore I live in a small town and I'm inside and I'm lonely I'm lonely and I don't want to be by myself and I'd rather go do a thing with this person that you know is Zeit and you know currently I have some great people in my life with these things right um but really I am not spending enough time with myself and when I get to that point where I want to like where, or not where I want to but where I have to like the day's done no friends are over no one can hang out I hate it I I kind of want to throw up sometimes like I just like disdain it a lot and it's become like physically uncomfortable like my heart will hurt because I have to I feel like I have to sit with like this waterfall of these dark feelings like a depression but it's like from what you know it's yeah yeah well and we will figure out from what in step three because step three is really where we get to kind of that core wound okay so let's just take a breath because you know what you're you're saying some some emotional deep um you're expressing a lot of depth here and it takes courage to do that, you know, and not that I never doubted you because you were always willing to go deep and, and dive into all of this. Um, so how you feel about yourself is going to be reflected in how others are feeling about you. So if it's hard for you to be alone with yourself, Then it then it's would make sense that it's hard for others to be with you sometimes. Because it's hard for you to be with you. That's so funny. Cause it's like like I'm I'm fun. I'm I'm a good time. Um, but yeah, like I yeah, I I wanna understand that a bit more and that that makes sense because it my alone time what I want it to be is I I want to be like comfortable and present and like doing like my crafts or building up to doing bigger projects of things I love as an artist and musician and blah 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 but um you know well and and sorry to interrupt you but you also mentioned that there's there's some dark stuff that comes up for you when you're alone, when you're with yourself. Yeah. So are you dismissing this? Because, you know, it's it is hard to be with these big dark feelings that we have. It's it's not fun. It's scary. It's hard. Yeah. So I'm wondering if by not, you know, showing up for yourself and these big feelings but expecting others to be showing up for you is is just not realistic yeah i totally um i find that when i agree because i try to i've been trying like for a couple months to sit with this cloud 
this cloudness and you know anytime it comes up like I I really do try to find ways out of it and I also face it as hard as I can you know how that works where you you face it as hard as you can but facing it is turning it away too um because it's so heavy and just it's been hard to just like you know I just want there to be a day where I can just like sit with it and just breaks out and all falls out but I know it's just like you know it's this misnomer right now that I'm still figuring out of exactly like what the weight is it feels like it's an inauthenticity kind of darkness thing there's something that you might not be facing or you know willing to face right now and just know that you don't have to do it alone I mean there is support for you right there is support for for these dark feelings you don't have to sit all by yourself with them Mm -hmm. right yeah you can be with someone who supports you and and go into these feelings Mm -hmm. but I think it does help to be with these feelings rather than run away from them and be willing to look at what this is about and again in the third step you know working with this with this wound is where a lot of this will come up. Yeah. And the other thing I, I want to ask you about honoring your own needs too. So when you, when you want others to honor your needs, it helps when, when you honor your needs, right? Because the way you treat yourself, that energy, that's like a, a very energetic thing, you know, how you walk in the world how you hold yourself. Mm-hmm. Others pick that pick up on that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 the energetic, like the aura almost that we carry. And you can feel that in people when they walk into a room and you and you can feel that in yourself. How am I being? Who am I being? Like I remember my I remember Catherine telling the story when before she wrote her book, before she was well-known, she was like, how am I going to order my coffee as a famous author who gives, speaks, who speaks and gives workshops to thousands of people? How, how will I walk into Starbucks and order my coffee? Right? Hmm. What is my energy? What is my energy like? Mm-hmm. So it's such, it's, it's on that subtle of a level. And I remember even myself, like I was always very shy and I would go to a party and I would sit somewhere in the corner. I wouldn't engage. I would barely make eye contact with people and I would leave the party and I'd go, you know, not one person talked to me. Well, I wouldn't talk to me either. Why would I, if I'm not looking at anybody, I'm not smiling, there's fear, there's, you know, like isolation in my energy. And I, and I realized now when I, I've learned to work with my energy. So I go to a party now and I stand in the middle of the room and I look around and I smile and I make eye contact and I ask questions and I lean in so that's 
who I'm being now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking that all in because when I think of me at a party, <laughs> reminds me of this one party I went to recently where I had like a really good and a really terrible time at the same time. Um, and this would be really interesting to bring in um, in a good way. Um, I went to this party um, with a great friend of mine and it was like this folk jam party and it was like all these musicians like these folk artists and they were super super great um and they'd be these jam circles these drum circles and these singers and everyone was just in the zone playing music when I was in there I was having a flow blast I mean I was doing fantastic I felt myself people you know saw me authentically as me and like you know I wasn't getting praise for doing that but I was there and people just were enjoying the music with me like that was really cool just to like be with these other musicians and be one of their vocalists and drummer um and mouth harpist and just play out so that was one part of the party and I felt really full there Mm -hmm. and then drinking was involved and then but I still felt centered when I was playing music but then you know then I see okay I see one of my ex-partners like talking to um, a pretty person and you know we're both poly so like we're we're both like fine with that and like we're chilling about it right we you know like it was like kind of like a shared experience for a bit there and then I start feeling sad I start feeling really sad because I see them having this one-on-oneness closeness. And then I start looking around the party for that and nothing pleases me. And I just feel like half a person and I'm like seeking that um, from this insecurity of seeing that happen um, with, you know, it didn't really matter that it was her. It was like, literally like, it could have been anybody just having like that one-on-oneness, but just like knowing her and you know, knowing their, you know, these, these people's dynamics, seeing it happen in the flesh like that, I was just like, oh God, like, I want that. I want that. And so. Uh, And what did you make it mean that you were not having that? What did you make it mean about yourself that that wasn't what you were having? That I will never have that type of true intimacy I will never have enough congruency with anybody I will never have enough I'm trying to get it out I will never have enough congruency with anybody because I'm too complex or like no offense but other people are either too simple or that I'm too like too messed up like I'm too depressed I'm too busy, maybe, you know, anxious. I'm just, I'm all these things. I'm just too much. I'm too Too much. So the belief is that I can never have this. I can never have this intimacy with anyone because I'm too much. Yes. So really feel that for a moment. And, And is that true? Is that really true? So think about the moments when you are in flow with music. Think about leading your pagan group. 
think about the times that you have found love and people that really resonated with you and what is really true. What's really true about you? I'm thinking. I'm trying to feel it, but I'm thinking. Um, I think that when I'm in those other spaces, I, um, so it's, it's interesting because, like, I feel like in those other spaces, it's not like it, it's intimate love, but it's not like um romantic intimate love so it becomes a little hard for me to translate that over because i i i don't feel like i have had like ever congruent fully mm-hmm. congruent intimate love like i've had some moments but maybe nobody does <laughs> well but for some reason your belief is that it's not possible for you Mm-hmm. It's possible for everyone else, mm-hmm. but you. Yes. So God no, made. No, it's God true. Made, God made everyone to to be to be love and to have love, except for Sunny. Yes. <laughs> no. So, no, that can't be true. Yeah, so what is the truth? Like you are, you know, just to help you out a little okay. bit. Okay. You are you are a rare. You are like a rare gem stone. Mhm. Like a rare undiscovered unique maybe never been seen before. Mm-hmm. You are not like everybody else. This is true. Hmm. so yeah yeah it's interesting because I I I hear that like I hear what you're saying and I also I'm so careful to because the it's almost like this uniqueness curse like I I don't want to be such a unique archetype of person to where that becomes the downfall of the relation to like why I don't have you know this this ability to (laughs) I don't have this ability to find congruent love but um you know because I think everybody is you know unique it's just different ways of expressions of that but there's something about you it's it's more than just being too much it's not belonging Like there's something about you feeling like you don't belong. Totally, yeah. No. Yeah. So what what is true about that? Is it really true that you don't belong? Mm, No. No, but I don't feel like I do. (laughs) Like, and like you were saying the question before, it's kind of like the same, like, you know, like I, um, 
you know, like there is like, there is love in my life. I just don't feel it. Um, but with belonging, yeah, I just, I, it's, it's, it does feel hard for me to find my people and I feel like they're out there, but they all just feel so far away all the time. So I'm going to ask you if you're, um, okay doing this to just to close your eyes for a moment and just to drop down. So we've been doing a lot of thinking and a lot of conversation. So just really dropping into your body right now. And see if you can find where this belief is located in your body, where I don't belong. I'm too much. I'm, I'm too different. Love's not possible. Where, where is this feeling? Here, Sonny is taking a long pause to get quiet and still and connect with her body. And she really takes um, around two minutes to, to really sense into um, her body and her feelings and emotions. And by having her locate and name these feelings and the beliefs and the age of this part of her that's holding these, it takes her out of being so over-identified with the story. I'd say my heart and kind of my shoulders, that's where it feels like. It takes a bit for me to, yeah, heart and kind of my shoulders, it takes a bit for me to kind of feel into mm -hmm. it, but that's where it seems like. Can you describe more of the physical sensation? Is it um, like a vibration? Is it a pressing, a contraction? Does it feel hot? Does it feel prickly? At this point, I'm guiding Sunny to make a connection with her younger self that made it mean that she didn't belong and that others didn't accept her. By turning towards her feelings and this part of her, what she's learning is to internally love and validate herself. And she's having this experience of doing that. How about an age? How old is this part of you? Yeah, it it definitely to what you said too, it feels like a dark and kind of leaky, <laughs> like a mm -hmm just kind of like beat up and um, it's like pretty tattered heart and uh, feels about eight years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Eight years old. And was there something happening at eight that's coming up? Um, you can remember. I remember having a lot of judgment from my peers and 
like a lot of pointing figure fingers and even teachers too like often pointing fingers it seemed like everybody was pointing fingers at me um for just being like crazy and strange and weird um and like i would get like kind of like chased around for being weird or i'd be um also just like right like judged as strange and then you know particularly removed from groups of people or like annexed or um what's it called like uh banished from a friend yeah like cast out yeah and and not and not told why always I was never told why and no one would tell me why I would just get kicked out and just not told why at all ever and that would make me so mad and I'd ask him and no one ever tell me uh, didn't even understand this eight-year-old had no idea why she was being banished just felt like she didn't belong and that no one wanted her around yeah definitely Ooh. <laughs> okay so open your eyes shake that off like really really just like shake that off get that energy that eight-year-old that energy out (laughs) just get it get it away for now (laughs) bye 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 now yeah so now today who you are today this musician, this artist, this pagan practitioner, this leader in community. And what what else? What do you really love about yourself today? What do you feel great about who you are today? Um I I like being weird. Like, it's really fun to be a, like, a funny friend who's, like, weird and nice. Like, I'm really silly, and I make people laugh, and, um, I, I, um, I like that I'm nice. I think I'm nice, um, and I'm always there for my friends. And I like animals, and typically animals like me. And, um, yeah, like, and when I, typically when I'm in a dark place, I can usually make it into an art form. Hasn't been my flow lately, but that probably means it's just going to be a bigger piece that I just don't know what it is yet, right? Like, it's just a much bigger piece than I've anticipated, probably could be like a whole new identity a whole new you 
so so what you're saying so you're compassionate you're empathetic you you are an amazing friend who always shows up for your friends with your full heart really there for them and so much creative energy like you can alchemize anything and turn it into art or music mm-hmm. yeah or or some you know cool language or project yeah yeah so I, now yeah go ahead yeah i just i think the biggest thing in all those is i really like like probably one of my favorite things is just like helping people connect to themselves and like the earth because I feel like the earth helps people connect to themselves and so just like finding ways to help people do that that's probably one of my favorite things and I think that's the next thing so that's and you're thing. so good at that thanks yeah. you excel at that mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. so feel into that part of you now and, and even close your eyes for a moment and just feel this part of you that knows how to guide people to 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 their best self so that they can be grounded so that they can be with the earth with animals this like sensory extra sense that you have feeling into that yeah do you feel where do you feel that in your body um i feel it in my heart but also more over like my my lungs and like my solar plexus a bit um like my rib cage a bit and it feels yeah. like lighter just definitely feels like lighter for sure yeah and kind of like yeah. there's a hand on my heart and it's like my hands touching somebody else's heart <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah beautiful that's beautiful sunny so take this eight-year-old now Take her in your arms, and she's right there with you, her face pressed near yours. She's right up against your rib cage and your heart, and she's got her arms around you, and you have your arms around her. And she is feeling this lack of belonging this cast off, she's really hurting. What can you tell her? What are you telling her? By holding and loving her younger self, Sunny can begin to distinguish between her adult self and who she is today and this younger part of her that still lives within. And she can make a conscious choice about where she's coming from and where she's relating from. This is a, is a major premise of the Calling in the One work, which is we are the source of our own experiences in love. <laughs> it keeps making me laugh because I just keep thinking of saying, like, you belong with the trees, but I feel like that's not well but that that say it if that's what you feel if that's what you feel like telling her because that's what she knows in her heart is true yeah 
Yes, you belong. You belong to nature. You belong to the earth. You're a child of the earth, right? You're a child that communicates with animals. You have these extra senses that that are are really beautiful and and some people just don't understand that and haven't treated you with the respect and awe that you deserve and also say like it's going to be okay yeah it's going to be okay yes absolutely what else would you tell her? Um, that like, you know, that um, like friends are friends are really great and people are really great and like, you know, it takes a long time or it takes just some time to find like, you know, people who understand us, but also like in a way like you don't really like you need people but you don't need people like like you have nature and those are kind of your people and there's other people who are in nature and who do like value that like as like a living being and the more you go and connect with that the more you find you know people like that and those are people who I feel like will see me or see you, I guess, in this case. Yeah. Yeah. And how about telling her that you understand her? Yeah. I understand you. Yeah. I, I understand and love her. I understand you. And it's going to be okay. And we are finding our people. Yeah. And I love you and I'm here for you. And I get you. I get you like nobody else does. And I always will. And you belong to me. You are mine. You belong to me. Yeah, I'm following you. I'm, I'm kind of saying it in my body. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. Just really letting her know that she belongs to you, that you that it's going to be okay, that you've got her, that she's more than worthy of love, and she doesn't have to do anything to be worthy of love. That she is beautiful and pure and innocent and talented and loving, and you will always be there for her. You will be there for her. And you won't let anybody hurt her. You've got her. Yeah. You're going to take care of her now. I'll try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> That's that's all we can do. We can try, we can learn, we can do the best, right? Like any parent, like any parent, you know, no one teaches us how to parent. 
but you have great intuition and you have so much love. So you can parent her the way she needs to be parented. Yeah. Right? You can take her and be with her and play with her and make art with her and do all the things that, that she loves and you love together. I'll have to practice telling myself that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's practice. Yeah. It's being with yourself. It's being with this part of you. And it does take connection. It takes a little bit, you know, every day, just spending time. Like, oh, there she is, you know, and, and asking, how are you feeling? What are you feeling? What do you want to do today? What's up with you? Like, really, that's the part that you want to connect to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm becoming more present now because I cried um, and I'm, I'm chilling. Um, yeah, it's, um, it feels easier to kind of, feels easier to like recharge the little person than it does to kind of like be more accountable to taking care of the person you know the the inner child yeah which i think which i yeah, think because, means more practice well but that's your way of being with her is is maybe this is it you know maybe this is what she needs is that recharge but she definitely needs your attention She needs to be validated and seen and acknowledged. And, and you're, you're getting acquainted, like the two of you are finding each other. Yeah, totally. It was like, I've, since we've done this work like a long time ago, it's weird. It felt like I hadn't seen, like it's easy to forget, like, a lot of that time you know and then you go back and you're like oh wow that was pretty bad <laughs> oh wow oh my god who cut my hair like that <laughs> I mean, well and she probably has some things to say to you right because you haven't always been there for her oh uh, yeah right? there's been a lot of of abandoning because that's kind of you know how how you what you've seen you know what you've you know had modeled for you like people didn't show up for you so you haven't shown up for her totally so it is emotional you know when you're kind of reuniting yeah because you haven't you haven't been there so she may have some some you know she may have some words for you no, where the heck? Yeah, oh, I'm sure it sounds like that in my head. <laughs> how could you? How could you? Right? Yeah, I mean, where have you been? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I've had times where I've I, I I've been gone, been gone for sure, and 
there's some periods in my life I kind of got this um, inner teenager who came out defending the little person inside me. You know, it was like, you know, don't anybody treat me the way that's triggering this little person right now. Because that's like not cool. If anybody yells at me, is mad at me, like I'm, I'm going to get really upset. And so that happened for a while. And then, you know, it kind of got out of that into more of the managing that person that's managing the the littler person right um but you know you just go through life and you go through covid and you go through elections and you go through graduating and you go through you know um pains growing pains and it's so easy to forget the the little one and that's also part of what was hurting me back then was I was kind of, I felt forgotten about a lot of the time. Even though a lot of people were looking at me, I still felt very forgotten about. So yeah, it's like, it's, it takes a lot of energy to go back and be like, I'm seeing you now. And it's like, what? How? What? You may have to say that you're sorry. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that fierce love of nobody's going to hurt you. Don't you worry you are going to be treated well. That is fierce love. Yeah. You know, I got you. And we're not going to be with people who don't understand or respect us. Not going to happen. Because you deserve better. Yeah. And it's, it's, it feels like, yeah, I, I do. It's weird, but I do feel like I, like I've, I'm trying like so much nowadays to not be hard on myself because I feel like I'm very hard on myself. Um, but I've been hard on myself. I think I've been hard on myself. I think in the wrong way. I've been hard on myself with all these working things. I'm kind of a workaholic, and all these like um, metrics and you know, really perfectionism, but I haven't been hard on myself in like the deep stuff. Like I, like I, I feel like I am sorry to myself for not really being, you know, as funny as it sounds, but I am sorry to myself for not being as authentic as like I really can be. And I just have been scared to do because it's really scary. And I don't mean that as like a harsh thing to myself, but I'm trying to figure out the best way to say that to myself right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have the courage. Yeah. You know, you can say that I have the courage to be myself. Because mm-hmm. you do. And yes, you may have to give up some, some people, you know, because everyone is not going to like that self because no one like, you know, likes everything about everybody so so yeah we all have to accept that that everybody is not going to like us but the cost of not being ourselves have people like us is really hurting it's hurting us it's not allowing us to be free in who we are yes So, so let's go and take on the world. 
yeah, you can do it. If anybody can, you can. <laughs> and that's a good power statement. I can take on the world. Yeah. That's a great power statement. I have the capacity to take on the world. I definitely have the capacity to make people laugh. Take on the world might have to be in tomorrow's schedule. <laughs> See? Yeah, I'm laughing. There you go. Um, yeah, I think I'll I'll have to start by really trying to learn the mandolin. I think that's the next step right now. Ooh. Learning the mandolin or um yeah fun so in my band holler folk um i play the elkskin drum but we really want to play battle of evermore by led zeppelin as a cover so i need to get on learning the mandolin so today i like just whipped out my mandolin and was just like learning it and learning the whole beginning and all the funny notes so i'm gonna have to do that i think probably have to go for some walks and listen to music and look all sad kind of vibe you know like a sad walk that feels kind of good because it's sad um and those are my two on my list right now of yeah what I've got on the plan and take your eight-year-old with you and have a chat sure have a chat <laughs> yeah so do you want to take a pause right now yeah let's take a pause Take a super appreciate you um guiding me through that um and you know holding all the space and time in this zoom call and all being present and everything you you did a great job too thank you you're so welcome i would love to hear like what your your takeaways are from this session and we we will do part two Mm -hmm. because we actually have more to do so there will be part two of preparing for love preparing for love with sunny <laughs> but let's hear what you are taking away from from this session yeah preparing um sunny for love i love that that's so funny it's so good i mean it's not funny it's it's super good it's just like entertaining too um pardon me um yeah so i I'm glad that we're pausing in this part. Like, you know, we've kind of chosen to stop here and having a part two because what came up for me in this is like really just starting with just myself right now. Like everything that's coming up with the idea of preparing for another person, I'm just keep thinking, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't, I, I don't, 
like I want to say that I can't do that right now, but I don't know if that's the right language because I, of course I do want another person in my life, but I think I'm really just noticing like how much, um, I have been disconnected from like core me, um, on an energetic level. Like I'm still doing me things, but energetically I haven't been like really resonating, um, with me and really feeling everything and letting everyone know exactly how I feel. Um, and I've been kind of running away from that for a bit now. So, um, really getting back into my music and my arts and sitting with the feelings and really working on that. And I, I really want to let go of kind of others right now. I don't really want to have others right now. So I think that this break will be good because that'll last me a little bit. <laughs> well, I love that. And I think what you're saying is absolutely true that, that this connection to yourself, this is everything. This is the heart of our relationships, yeah. which is not to say that we have to be completely whole and healed to find love. So I, I love that you're going to sit with yourself and connect to yourself and be with this younger eight-year-old self and notice when you're with people who you are being. Okay, so, I, you know, definitely let people in, definitely be with people, but really be in your body with yourself, fully connected and tuned in, like checking in with that eight-year-old and listening, you know, if she's, if she's hurt, if she's afraid, if she, if this person isn't, you know, like the right, the person that they, she wants to be around then honor that and notice that. Mm -hmm. and, and I love that you're going to be with all of your passions, your music and your art and really do that and be, be that and be with that. That's beautiful. So gorgeous. Yeah, really gorgeous work. And Yeah, thank you. I, I hope we can update more about it soon. And yeah, yeah we'll see where it goes. I, I want to try to be more present with all that for sure okay yeah we'll check in and um i'm with you supporting you yeah and this is this is really beautiful yeah thank you and we'll see Thanks. everyone with part two If you would like to join the conversation, please email Dale and I questions at sunny.nwrpodcast at gmail.com relating to anything dating and relationships. Please tune in with us every time we upload for more integrative conversations relating to the self and other. If you are interested in Dale Sparagi's relationship coaching, please email her at dale at creativecorecoaching.com for private coaching sessions. 
Don't forget to follow our Instagram and Facebook at New Wave Relationships Podcast. We hope you join us next time for New Wave Relationships.